Hi, this is Pastor Furman with Lubbock Unified Church. Uh, you are listening to Messages on the Go. We pray that this message will bless you today and that you will receive a word from God that will help you in your life. If you ever want to visit us in person, feel free to stop by any Sunday, 2707 34th Street. Services are Sundays at 10.30 a.m. Or you can join us for a Wednesday night refuel service with some prayer, some worship, and a word every Wednesday at 6.30, same location. We would love to have you. Now, let's jump into this week's message. You know, we, we've been in a series, we started last week, Women of the Bible, and uh, today we're going to continue that with a woman that symbolizes the love of a mother, but also the possibilities of, of the love of God, what's capable with them. So we're going to be in 1 Samuel chapter 1 today. Um, it's going to be a super short message just because I want you, uh, man, to really celebrate your moms in the room and your mother today, okay? Uh, but let's pray and then we'll read the word of God together. So Father, we just thank you, Lord, um, man, for just how kind and gracious you are, Lord. And uh, we do ask that this morning, that as we read your word, man, that it would just open us up in a way that we need, Lord. Uh, that we would hear your voice clearly, uh, that we wouldn't just, man, hear your word and dismiss it, but it would be written on our hearts, it would be written on our minds, uh, that we would reflect that when we find ourselves in positions uh, like this mighty woman, uh, man, that we would turn to you, and that we would lay it all at your feet. And so, Lord, would you just speak to us this morning? Uh, Father, we just love you, and we just man, ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 1 Samuel chapter 1, uh, we're going to start at verse 2 through 8. And it says, Elkanah had two wives, Hannah and Penanah. Oh, now I'm going to mess up the name. I'm messing up. And bringing it all week. That's what happened, y'all. Penanah had children, but Hannah did not. And each year, Elkanah would travel to Shiloh to worship and sacrifice to the Lord of Heaven's army in the tabernacle. And the priests of the Lord at the time were two of the sons of Eli. Hophen and Phineas, and on the day Elkanah presented his sacrifice, he would give portions of the meat to Penanah and to each of her children. And though he loved Hannah, he would give her only one choice portion because the Lord had given her no children. So Penanah would taunt Hannah and make fun of her because the Lord kept her from having children. And year after year was the same. Penanah would taunt Hannah as they went to the tabernacle, and each time Hannah would be reduced to tears. And would not even eat. Why are you crying, Hannah? Elkanah would ask. Why aren't you eating? Why be downhearted just because you have no children? You have me. Isn't that better than having ten sons? I just want to pause right there, okay? Man in the room, you got to listen up right now, okay? Elkanah, Elkanah did something I think us men do sometimes. We think too highly of ourselves. He saw the struggle of his wife and he said, man, I, why are you upset? You got me. You're not that great, all right? No <laughs> Isn't that better than 10 sons? Church, we can't be so full of ourselves, so big-headed that we discredit the feelings of someone else. Just because you don't feel their pain, you don't have their understanding, you don't have that experience, it doesn't mean that it isn't real for them. And whatever it might not be a big deal for you, and it might be a huge deal for that other person. 
And so we have to learn to be people who acknowledge other people's feelings. We have to love them through the pain. And then we have to do something else. We have to stand up for them. And Kenneth was the spiritual leader of his home, right? He was the husband of two wives. Now, first off, if you're going to have two wives, you're going to have conflict already. Okay? He should have known that was going to be an issue. But not only that, he was called to be the peacekeeper of his home. But what you see here, and it doesn't say it, is that peace was something that they were missing out on. And instead of addressing the conflict, he just avoided it. But see, avoiding an issue never removes the problem. It just gives him more opportunity to grow. More opportunity to become worse. And for Hannah, things have been getting worse year after year after year after year. Even though she initially wasn't even doing anything to cause it, right? I want you to take this away this morning. For one, don't be like Elkanah, okay? But you don't have to do anything to be hated or mistreated. You can be innocent, and I mean completely innocent, to not have caused any of the problems that you're having and still have people coming against you. Yep. Hannah, she didn't ask for what was going on. But when people aren't content with what they have, when they aren't satisfied, when they aren't fulfilled with what the Lord has given, they're going to look for fulfillment at the expense of others. And they're not going to care what it's going to cost them. We can turn to Kinana when you are seeking approval and fulfillment outside of God. You can ruin a beautiful gift that God has given you, a beautiful blessing when you mistreat it, you don't appreciate it. When your focus is on what somebody else has versus what you have. So we see that. And then on the other side, there's always going to be people in this life that are going to be just frustrated with you because of the favor on your life. Right. Because of who God called you to be. Because of how you are chosen. Because of how you are anointed. You see, the Holy Spirit says that it's with us and it dwells inside of us. That means everywhere we go, God is with us. The Holy Spirit is with us. And so we got to understand, people who don't live with the Lord, who aren't in relationship with God, they're going to feel some type of way about that. Mm. Oftentimes, our presence is going to make them discomfort. Mm. Oftentimes, our presence is going to bring anger out of them. It's going to bring frustration. It's going to make them look at you and say, I don't get it. I don't like that person. There is just something about that person I cannot stand. <laughs> Even when you don't do nothing to the person. I got a witness in here. Everybody been like this? Yeah. Yeah. You've been in work environments. You've been in relationships where people just come out and hate you. And you're like, all I do is try to be nice. I try to get along with everybody. I go out my way to try to please some people. They still be another towards me. You don't have to do anything for people to mistreat you, to hate on you. <laughs> now, of course, there are times that we do mess this up, that because of our actions, because of how we handle situations, Man, sometimes we do need correction. Sometimes we do need discipline. And the Lord is a discipliner, okay? He's going to set you down when it's time to be set down. He's going to have a talk with you to help get you back straight. But there are times that we do nothing and we still find ourselves being mistreated. We still find ourselves being on the wrong side of things and people taking out their frustration on us. So church, we have to be aware of that, okay? Because what I want you to learn is when you find yourself in that season, in that place, where you are walking with the Lord, you are doing what He asks, and people are still coming against you, it's not about you. 
Something else is going on with that person. The Lord is doing a work in that person that is drawing out these things that they need to work on. And because they don't know how to handle it, they don't know how to walk with the Lord with it, it's falling on you. So instead of saying, like, man, like, trying to figure out what you did wrong, man, start asking for the Lord to work in their life. Start asking for him to do the same thing that he's doing for you. Because they are in a place of hurt. They are in a place of pain. And they're taking it out on you. And the Lord is saying, hey, I want you to represent me on this earth. And I want you to love them through that the same way that I loved you. Amen. So we got to learn that it's not all about us sometimes. We got to believe that sometimes God is allowing us to be provoked in a way that's going to glorify him. That without it, it couldn't be done. Sometimes God is allowing us to be provoked because he's trying to take us to a new season yes, of faith, sir. a new level of belief. He's trying to strengthen us. And without it, let's be real. We won't grow as much. Let's continue to read. and let's, let's follow and see what happens. So we see right Hannah was going. Every year after year was the same thing. Well, this time it said once after a sacrificial meal at Shiloh, Hannah got up and she went to pray. And Eli the priest was sitting at his customary place beside the entrance of the tabernacle. And Hannah was in deep anguish, crying bitterly as she prayed to the Lord. And she made this vow. O Lord of heaven's army, you will look upon me with my sorrow. If you would answer my prayer and give me a son, then I will give him back to you. And he will be yours for his entire lifetime. And as a sign that he's been dedicated to the Lord, his hair will never be cut. Mm. I want us to learn... To respond like him. I want you to take this away this morning. We have to turn our pain into prayer. And I mean some real serious prayer. Okay. She turned her pain into prayer. She laid her emotions on the Lord. When was the last time you prayed to God. In a way that you just let it all out. A lot of us we say. Well we pray to God. But let's be real. A lot of our prayers are real vague. They're real shallow. They're real surface level. When's the last time you were in deep anguish. When you prayed to the Lord. You know what that word means? Deep anguish? It means that you are suffering something that's something that's something severe. That means that you are in a bad place. It says she was crying bitterly as she prayed. She wasn't holding anything back. She was laying it all out to the Lord in a way that she probably never has. We read that this was happening year after year. So I'm sure year after year she was praying to the Lord. Saying, Lord, would you deal with this woman? Lord, would you give me a son? But this time, it was different. This time, that pain was way different. And she laid it on the Lord. Church, sometimes God allows the difficulties in our life so our faith, our belief, our dependence to the God will quit being so shallow. That we'll finally reach a level of trust and dependence on the Lord like we never have. A lot of us say that we got faith in the Lord until we find ourselves in a situation that we have to walk on water. And then we're like, I don't know, Lord. Are you really there? Are you really going to come through? Because right now, my light's going to be cut off in an hour. And all I have is an hour left, Lord. And you said you would provide. You said you are faithful. And he's going to ask you to take that step. He's going to ask you to trust, to cry out, to really pour it out on him. And that's what we see happening with Hannah. She really said, you know what? Enough is enough. I'm tired of this. She had reached a point that she couldn't do it so long. 
Man, the quickest way for us to distance ourselves and forget about God is to be living a life of comfortable. To be living a life independent from Him. So we see this. She said, I can't do this without you, Lord. It's all on you. And if you continue to read in 1 Samuel, you'll see that Eli, the priest, he was watching, right? And I'm sure he's seen a lot of people come and pray. When you read, he said that he thought she was drunk. He said, what is this woman doing? I know she didn't come in here like that. She overheard him. She could see what was going on. And she went up to him. She said, sir, you need to understand. That's not what's happening. I'm in my right mind, but I am in such a bad place. I am in such desperation that I am pouring it all out to the Lord. Because you don't understand my pain. You understand my situation. But I know that he does. And all I ask is for a son. The son, yeah, it might have been to rub it back in, in her face, but it's not even about that no more. Now I want to do it in a way that's going to honor the Lord. Eli the priest had heard this. He was like, you know what? I stand in agreement with you. May the Lord bless what you're praying. May it come true. And then it says in the book of Samuel that after that conversation, after that prayer, that she went back. That her sadness had been gone. So that's the thing. When you really have that deep anguish, when you really have a real moment with God where you were laying it all out there, all that anger, that bitterness, that pain, it could go away. You could receive that peace that he talks about that exceeds your understanding. Amen. That you don't even know why you're okay. Huh? I don't even know. That's what the Lord wants to give us. That's what turning your pain into prayer can do for you. That you can find relief in your discomfort, in your pain. That you can receive the endurance to continue on to make it through. Pouring out our hearts to the Lord doesn't just invite them into our problems for a solution. It goes so much further and deeper than that, church. And I want us, which I want us to read what happens next after all of this. Let's go to 1 Samuel 1, 19-22. It said, the Lord remember her plea. Okay. Even right there, her plea. More than just a prayer, right? The Lord remember her plea. And in due time, she gave birth to a son. She named him Samuel. For she said, I asked the Lord for him. And the next year, Elkanah and his family went on their annual trip to offer a sacrifice to the Lord. And to keep his vow. But Hannah did not know. She told her husband, wait until the boy is weaned. And then I will take him to the tabernacle and he will live there with the Lord permanently. The very thing that nobody thought possible became a reality for her when she really poured it all out to him. A lot of times God answers our prayer and sometimes we forget to thank him. Let's be real. A lot of times the Lord doesn't work and we're excited. We praise the Lord in that moment and then it's just like we're over it. Our worship is done. She could have easily forgot her vow to give her child back to the Lord. She could have said, you know what? I want to move closer to where he's going to be living so I can go check on him every day. How many times that we know parents, right, that hover around their kids? They don't want to do nothing without being in their watch. She could have been like that. She could have been a helicopter mom. But she didn't go back on her promise. She acknowledged the gift that God gave her was greater than her request. And if you know the story of Samuel, not only does he become a priest, man, but this man does amazing things in the name of the Lord. He becomes the one that anoints Saul to be the first king of Israel. 
He's the one that anoints David to take over for Saul. There's two chapters, there's two books, that's really one long book that's written in the Bible with this man's name on it. She had no way of knowing that her plea was going to be giving birth to a future of a victory that's still blessing us today. She didn't know that. How her trial was going to be part of her victory. Church, your current struggle when God is in the midst of it, man, it can bless generations. Not just that you currently see, but even the ones to come after you. That's how deep God is. I know how easy it is to be discouraged, to feel defeated by the treatments of others, but we got to learn to be like Hannah. We got to learn to turn our pain into prayer. We got to learn to see other people's actions as a sign that they need the Lord just as much as we do in those moments. That what they're going through is might not be something we understand, but it's real for them. And it's a whole different deep level. That hopefully they will see the Lord through us and it will make them experience the same thing that we have. So we got to learn to pour out all that we have on the feet of Jesus. we got to understand that the impossible is always possible with him. I don't know how many times I've asked God to do a work in my life. And a lot of times I've come with the wrong motives. Sometimes I've come with selfish motives that I wanted other people to feel the pain that I saw, right? And that's the thing. Sometimes God is, not gonna, God is never going to answer those prayers whenever it's about ours, right? And that's the thing. Hannah had went to the Lord every year and was praying for the same thing. But this year, her motives changed. She said, Lord... Not only am I asking for a son, but I want a son that's going to be glorifying and honoring you. And that's the difference, church. A lot of times we are praying things with selfish motives, with selfish ambitions. But when we align things with the Lord, they're always going to come to pass because it's going to glorify him. It's going to bless us, but it's going to bless generations afterwards. It's going to bless the homes that are coming against us. So if God is telling you, no, not right now. If God is telling you, hey, come back to me later on. Maybe it's because he's trying to do a work in you that you need. Maybe he's trying to shift what your request is in a way that's going to glorify him, that aligns with his will, that aligns with his word, that represents him. This is my challenge for all of us on this Mother's Day. Is that we would turn our pain into prayers. Hannah's dedication to God and Samuel are principles that are still blessing us today. We can't allow the actions of others keep us from the blessing that God has on us, okay? God has things specifically with your name on it. And he wants to give it to you. But he's never going to give it to you if you're not going to be a good steward of it. If you're going to mishandle it. Now, sometimes he does release stuff to us. And he's like, let me give them a little bit. See what they do. Sometimes we mess that all up. The Lord has so much for each one of our lives. And a lot of times, all he's asking is, man, let me do life with you. If you would just allow me to do life with you, your life would be so much sweeter. But not only that, the life after this, can't even match. Can't even compare. So church, there's got to be a thing of us not trying to make earth into heaven. Okay? A lot of times we do that. We all want to be in paradise right now. Even though we're still living in I'm not going to say it because the kids are here. Right? 
There's something greater to come, but there's something even now you can have that's going to bless you. But we have to go to the Lord with it in a way that is authentic, in a way that is real, in a way that lays it all out. When you do that, man, promise me. I mean, I promise you, man. The Lord's going to honor that. He's going to move through that. He's going to do a work that even those other people can't deny. It's going to be too good. They might not want to accept it. They might not want to receive it, but they can't deny it was the Lord. So I just want to pray that over us on this Mother's Day. That we will learn to walk like Hannah. Powerful woman in the Bible. She was one of four women that were barren. That couldn't have children in the Old Testament. Some scholars and theologians say that because of her prayer in the next chapter, she has this beautiful prayer about what God did. Of just praising his name. That that is the same concept that followed Mary when she gave birth to Jesus. And you never know how your struggle is going to bless somebody else for generations to come. So let's be a part of that. Let me pray. Father, I just thank you for your faithfulness in our life and in our situations, Lord. A lot of times we just overlook the, the beauty that is present in it. A lot of times we just see the difficulties coming against us. and We see it from a, a worldly perspective. We see it from our perspective. We don't see it from yours. But Father, we do ask that you would help us have spiritual eyes to see things the way that you see them. That when people are attacking us, that we would pray a blessing of healing over them, of deliverance over them. That you would turn their anger, their frustrations that are being taken out on us into praise, into worship, into joy, into happiness, into contentment. That in those trials, Lord, we will just lay it at your feet. We wouldn't try to step in your way, Lord, but we'd allow you to work in a way that glorifies and honors you. Father, we need you. As much as you gifted us and you gave us amazing resources and all these different things, Lord. Ultimately, apart from you, Lord, they're never going to be as successful as they would be with you. And so, Lord, help us walk in life with you. Help us do life with you. Help us see that everything we go through is blessed and it brings you glory. So, Father, we just lay this all at your feet this morning. If there's anybody here struggling with that this morning, that today would be a day of deliverance. That today you would give birth to the very thing that they're in pain of. That it would bless the generations currently around them and those that come after them. Yes. So, Father, we just thank you. We receive your word. We receive all that you have for us in this life. And, man, may other people get to know you through it. We love you and pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening today. Uh, follow us online at Lubbock Unified on all platforms. And as always, if there's any way that we could help you, please get in contact with us. Other than that, join us next week as we continue to find ways to cross over. God bless.